Hi, friends. Hello, should I delete that, listeners? We still have some tickets left for our live tour and we would absolutely love to see you there. On Thursday, the 23rd of May, we will be performing in the London Islington Assembly Hall. On Monday, the 27th of May, we will be in Salford. On Tuesday, the 28th of May, we'll be in Glasgow. Sunday, the 2nd of June, Birmingham. Monday, the 3rd of June, Bristol. And Tuesday, the 4th of June in Southampton. You can get your tickets at aegpresents.co.uk or via the link in the show notes or our Instagram bios. We really hope we see you there. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You know, when we were younger, it's all about like your period. Then it's all about not getting pregnant. Then it's all about trying to get pregnant. Yeah. And we just think about our hormones in terms of like fertility. And then it's about menopause. All this time in between where actually hormones have a massive impact. Hello and welcome back to Should I Delete That? I have another special guest with us today. A very, very nervous guest. I'm extremely nervous. Oh, are you? Yeah, I'm shaking. <laughs> <laughs> she's got, this is my sister, Jen, who works with me now full time. And she's been roped into doing the GBA with, with me. Very um, reluctantly, can I add? Very reluctantly. She's got hives all across her chest. I haven't slept since she asked me, which was about a week ago. <laughs> so yeah, apologies, Jen. Sorry. I actually think I do have hives on my chest. No, you do. You've got a rash. Oh, I feel like I'm in an interview. Do you? But way more pressure. <laughs> pressure to be funny. Yeah, I just don't know how you do this, but anyway. Uh, well, that's why I have therapy, Jen. <laughs> You're talking about me, or? Um, well, yeah. Good, bad and awkward. Yes. I know you've prepared yours. Oh, yes. <laughs> I know you've prepared them. You've been preparing them for quite some time. Yeah. What would you like to start with? I feel like we should start with my bad because it's really, really disturbing and distressing me. Okay, go on. Wait, no. Okay, I was like wondering if I could guess what it was. You'll probably be able to guess because you actually told me to stop talking about it numerous times. Oh, no. It was my house smelling like cat piss. Oh, my (laughs) God, Jen. (laughs) No, but it's a serious, serious issue. You know, basically, my cats have decided, I think they're a bit distressed because my son is bullying them. Um, (laughs) And they've decided to start peeing in the corner of my lounge. And I've tried everything. We've got the rug doctor out. We've had it professionally cleaned. You name it, I've tried it. and And it still smells like piss. And I just can't do anything about it. Like, honestly, I think you're just thinking about it too much. No, I'm I not. I think it's become like a preoccupation, right? That, that it does not smell like piss. Okay, it's not the... What I think's worrying is that you think it doesn't smell like piss. It's not that I don't think it smells like piss, but it's like <laughs> at certain points in the room, you can smell a bit of piss, but it's not like, oh my God, get me out of this room. But I don't want people, or I don't want myself to go into a room and be like, oh, it's okay if I go in one corner because it doesn't smell like piss here. <laughs> like, what? If you put a candle on and open the window, yeah, but I can't put a candle and open the windows for the rest of our lives. <laughs> but surely the smell would just evaporate. Well, you'd think that, but it's been like a good three weeks now. Three weeks? Yeah. It's been a good three weeks. It has. I was going to say three years. 
Three years with a front room that smells like cat litter is quite three a long years. time. Three, three, three weeks. <laughs> three years is also a long time, but three weeks, it feels like three years. It feels like three years that you've been talking about this. Well, I think what is Honestly. worrying is that you don't think that it smells that bad. Our other sister came over and she said, you need to do something, Jen. You're a, respect- you're a respectable person. You can't, you can't have people, you can't have your living room smelling like this. They're all too precious. <laughs> I think, just crack on. Don't worry about it. The smell will sort itself out. Basically, stop talking to me about it. I will, noted. <laughs> and I'll take that approach to what you talk to me about all the time as well. Um, so that was your bad? That's my bad. Okay, my bad. You were a part of my bad. Lovely. Um, so many people sent me, this man had gone to Lidl and found milk chocolate coated pistachios, right? Like... Name me a better thing in the in this world. Your dream. It, literally my dream. So, made the pilgrimage to Lidl. Even drove the car there, which was never fun, driving. <laughs> but, you know, one does what one has to do for milk chocolate coated pistachios. And it took us about 12 minutes to find a car parking spot, even though there was yep. about n- 90. <laughs> yeah, because they all terrified me. So, we got there, we made it in there, and I just presumed that they would be in there. I never thought that they wouldn't. And I was running around Lidl, getting more and more desperate. Because there were no pistachios. I'm frantic. I'm frantic. But there weren't even any pistachios. Never mind milk chocolate covered ones. No, there weren't. Or anything pistachio I so flavoured. I was so gutted. And, you know, and we and I was getting, like you said, frantic, a little bit stressed. Um, probably getting grumpy with you. Very and, grumpy. And then went home later on, looked on, looked on my DMs. Did I just see you in Lidl? I was like, no. <laughs> Running around being like, where are the possessions? Why can't I find my possessions? I want possessions. And you were sweating. You were screaming at one point. <laughs> Throwing things. <laughs> I smashed the place up. Smashed up Lidl. Poor Lidl. <laughs> I do, I do like little down the middle. I like little in the middle. Yeah, yeah, I do like it. Very it's, stressful though. I just feel like I need everything. Yeah, that's the problem. I feel like I, I just need it all. I'm like, oh my god, a pizza stone. The stone? Yeah, stone. A stone. No, like a stone. I saw a stone yesterday. Like you do your uh, pizza on a stone. Ooh. And then I'm like, for a second, I was like, do I need that? And. Obviously, I don't. Obviously, you don't. No, definitely, definitely don't. I don't know how to make my own dough. I don't know how, I wouldn't know where to start. But couldn't you just put like a pre-made pizza on there? Like when you put it in the oven and then put it on? I mean, you could, but then why wouldn't you just put it in the oven? Mind you, there are what? things called stone-baked pizzas, aren't there? I'm confused. Is the stone not like a serving platter thing? No, it was just a stone for you to like, because you know stone-baked pizzas? Wait, I'm going to Google pizza stones. Yeah, the ceramic pizza stone ensures that heat is evenly distributed so that your pizza is always cooked right through to the centre. The stone also absorbs uh. excess moisture from the base, guaranteeing a perfectly light and crispy crust every time. Okay, you definitely don't need a pizza stone. I definitely don't need a pizza stone. <laughs> but I'm glad that you came to that conclusion on your own. Our brother-in-law has a pizza oven, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. But, oh my God, unreal. Does he use a stone? Yeah. He's got all the gadgets. He has. But little in the middle. Also, Aldi, went to Aldi recently. They have, they are fully duping the dupes. Oh, yeah. Makeup-wise. Oh, yeah. The La Cura. Yeah, yeah, yeah. La Cura. Yeah, yeah. Their makeup, it almost looks identical to the 
to the the real versions. Yeah, and they've brought out um, like the Olaplex dupe. Have you seen? Yes. Mm. And it looks exactly the same. Yes. I mean, to see the naked palette. Yeah. It looks yeah, exactly yeah, the same. It's crazy. It is. And apparently, they're all meant to be quite good. I've heard that yeah. as well. Actually, I've heard that as well. Yeah. But like, I can't believe it's allowed. No, I think it's like. Well, they've got to have like certain things different. And I think with the Olympics, yeah. they're missing like the key ingredient. <laughs> but surely they can, like the brand could sue for likeness, you know? I think that there's got to be like three differences or something. And as long as they have those three differences, they can't, basically. I mean, they must, they must yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, It's like when Kim Kardashian sued, I think she sued like a video games brand for uh, using her likeness. They used Did someone she? who looked a lot like her, but obviously wasn't her. And then she sued them That's for using to... for her likeness. Really hard to, it's it's fairly subjective. That's really hard to prove. Yeah. Did she win? Yeah. I think she won, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did come away, though, with three mangoes, so I was happy. You did? Yeah. And I came away with a crate of beer that I, I don't even drink beer. I know, you turned up to the, <laughs> the checkout with beer, and I was like, what's going on? I panicked. I was like, no pistachios. Okay, beer will do. <laughs> Good substitute. And some fruit um, shoots. Oh, I was watching... Um, have you seen that meme that's like... Um, a supermarket in America someone had done an online order and you know when yeah. they put substitutions oh, yeah. in and someone had ordered tampons and the substitution was mushrooms yeah. <laughs> so funny and then Legit. I was watching another, a woman on TikTok who'd placed an order with Asda for coconuts and an electric toothbrush yeah right and the electric toothbrush was £54 yeah and instead the substitutions for both were the, assen- the Asda Essentials like own brand mouthwash so like 59p or something. Yeah. And 24 kiwis for the coconuts. <laughs> and she was like, are you joking? Oh, are you joking? Do you have to pay even if they... No, you get refunded the difference. They're not going to like give you 59p mouthwash and then say, okay, was that was 59 say. quid. No, yeah. no, you get refunded. I think you can also refuse them like as well now. Surely, because you can't set... You can't, yeah. like, I didn't want mouthwash. I didn't want kiwis. What if I don't like kiwis? <laughs> what if you don't? What if, you, what if you're allergic? But the tampon mushroom thing is yeah. so funny. That is so funny. <laughs> it's like when NASA sent a woman to space for six days with 100 tampons. <laughs> and then they asked if it would be enough. So funny. So funny. Probably Literally. not, no. <laughs> oh my God. But it'd be quite fun to see how a tampon would do in gravity. I was just thinking about that. That's, yeah. what, I thought, that's what I thought you were going. Yeah. It would be quite interesting, yeah. no. Very. I'd love to do something like that. Not I'd actually love... go to space, but I'd oh, love a simulator. I would love to go to space. Yeah. yeah, you would, wouldn't yeah. you? I feel like when you were younger, you said you wanted to be an astronaut. Oh, yeah, I was desperate. And a, and a pilot. Yeah, yeah, I was desperate. Would you go to space if you were offered to go to space? Yeah, I think so. Would you? I wouldn't pay for it because it's like, what, millions of pounds, isn't it? But I think I'd go. It depends how long I was going for. Okay, so someone, said, someone came to you. Uh, Richard Branson comes to you and says, uh, Jen, I'm going to take you to space. You are the chosen one. Completely for free. You'll be there for a week. Well, I think first I'd be like, why has he picked me? Okay, forget that, forget that. Okay. Forget that. Skim over hard, the... That's hard to forget, but okay. We'll just yeah. like, pretend okay, this is Okay, you want a competition. Okay, okay. Um, so is it just me and Richard Branson, or can I bring, like, bring a friend? You and five other people. Oh, yeah, definitely. Random go. people. Oh. You've all won this competition. Yeah, I think I'd go. Would you? Yeah, I think so. Oh my God, I'd be terrified. I'd be terrified too, but I think I'd just go. That moment when you break the barrier, what barrier is it? The Earth's atmosphere yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which something is like, like isn't that when most people die when they go to space? I don't think like, but I think there's a, yeah. If you were going to, I it's think It's not that ideal. That's, no. <laughs> you wouldn't want to like put yourself through it. Well, no, but to get to space, like it's quite, it's much safer now than it used to be, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, for them to be doing commercial trips, it's got to be like fairly safe. God. 
How much does it cost? I think a lot of money. Okay, I'm going to Google. Did you see him on... Um, this is really cringy, but I used to like, watch the Housewives of Cheshire. And for, like, one of the husbands of the wives for, like, a birthday anniversary or something, bought his wife a ticket to space. Oh, my one God. One ticket. He wasn't going with her. So just her by herself? Yeah. I would be like, I'd, what the hell? Well, I think I'd be quite offended. If Joe gave me a ticket to space, you'd be like, well, you're obviously trying to get rid of me. Yeah, like, like this is literally like yeah. a one-way a one-way one ticket yeah. away from yeah. the Earth, this Earth. She was a bit like, what the hell? Uh, that's weird. <laughs> really strange. It's probably like, I'm doing this huge romantic gesture, paying, well, paying, because I just Googled it, uh, seats for a suborbital trip on Virgin's Galactic Spaceship 2 and Blue Origin. Oh, that's a mouthful. Seats typically cost $250,000 to $500,000. Flights beyond that to actual orbit, a much higher altitude, are far more expensive, fetching more than guess per seat. A million pounds. Fifty million dollars <gasps> per seat. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Gotta say, not worth it. Well, I mean <laughs> not worth it. I can't say for sure. <laughs> I don't know. All those millions you've got. <laughs> yeah. Not worth it. Yeah. No. <laughs> Casual spare fifty million. It's a lot better thing to spend your money on than literally it. a lot better. I, what what must cost fifty million? Is all those tampons? All those tampons. <laughs> okay, awkward. Okay, so my awkward is that my not even twenty month. No, he's twenty months, isn't he? Twenty months old son has started to say, "Oh shit!" <laughs> it's so cute. He's like copying me, and obviously, like I'm I'm not really a big swearer. I don't really swear that much, but I obviously say, "Oh shit!" quite a lot. You say, "Oh shit." All the time. Well, evidently. Yeah. He like dropped his balls when he went, oh shit. I was like, no, 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 no. But if you say no, and then he looks at me with a smirk on his face, he goes, shit, shit, shit. I was like, oh God, I'm a terrible <laughs> mum. <laughs> Mother of the year. She's going to nursery going, shit, 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 shit. I'm gonna get, he's going to get kicked out. <laughs> that must be so common though. That must be so common. Our cousin, I was telling my cousin, our cousin about it, and she said that when um, her little boy was younger, like, and she used to take him in the car, she'd say fucking hell a lot, you know, like, <laughs> not road rage, but like people pulling out and whatever. And she said they got out of the car and he started going, sucking hell, sucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it must be quite That's common. That's really cute. Imagine mine. Oh, God. My children would be like effing and cheffing and. They'd be banned from everywhere. They would be banned, yeah. yeah, yeah they'll be... look at those kids again now. No, 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 close the doors, close the doors. <laughs> Um, oh, that is awkward. It is because he's going to be like one of those like things that you know, like at school when when you, the mum's like, oh, we don't play with that little boy. Like, oh, no, he is me. naughty as well. He's oh, cheeky. He kicked me out the house yesterday, and, and yeah. I'm not I'm not lying he when I say kick. kick I mean like actually kicked me. I actually thought that was going to be your bad. Yeah, well, it was a close call between. Well, I just can't get over the cat piss. Off. That should have been my bad when he kicked me out of the house. Oh yeah, that was bad. I went round the other night after work. I dropped in to see him. Um, and I was confused by what he he wasn't happy to see me. He was like, No, no. I was pushing like, you, wasn't okay. he? Okay. And then I only stayed for two minutes and then went to leave. And he was like I was talking to Jen at the door. We were stood at the door talking <laughs> and he was like almost getting like hysterical, like crying mm. and no, no. And I was and I was like, What I didn't we couldn't work out what he wanted. Mm. And then and then get out. <laughs> get out. And I was like, Oh my God, he is literally kicking me out of your house. He was like pushing you as well, wasn't yeah. he? And then he, yeah. was pu- he was pushing me to the door and yeah. trying to open the door so I'd get out. <laughs> I was like, you cheeky bugger. You cheeky bugger. I think it was a game. 
I think. Because when he left, then he was like, Akex, Akex, because he calls Alex Akex. And then he was trying to like open the door handle again. Yeah, too little too late, Louis. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. How dare you? That was very rude. It was very, very rude. rude. I got yeah. thrown out. It's quite insulting. Um, but he literally kicked Jen out of the house. Like, literally kicked. Like, like physically like, kicked He physically you. kicked me. He started <laughs> going to, like, football on Saturday morning with his dad for, like, half an hour. And he loves, like, kicking. Like, you know, loves, like, you know, kicking the ball, mm-hmm. which, you know, he should only be kicking balls. Anyway, yeah, me, the cats, but he was with his granddad. I, I, by the way, it wasn't like I just had him in the house and then he kicked me out and I was like, okay, I'll see you tonight. Have a nice day on your own. <laughs> like he was with his granddad, which he loves, you know, he's playing with him and I went to say goodbye. So like I bent down to give him a hug and then um, he came over, gave me a hug and obviously I was taking too long to like say my goodbyes and he was going, no, and like pushing me back. And then... I, it was like in slow motion. I looked down and he was like, pulled his leg back and then kicked <laughs> me with his full force. You know, you're in shock. And also I was a bit embarrassed because it wasn't my well, dad. It was, you know, it was my husband's dad. And I was mortified, it, you know, like. That is embarrassing. Your son kicked, your 20 month old son kicked you this morning. Like, <laughs> didn't make me feel great it's about not myself. Even also, do you know what? I just think it's rude. You know, I like, the, what I've given up for that little your child. Life. Yeah, like my life revolves around him. Yeah. I cook for him, you know. Like I know it wasn't yeah. his decision to be born, but still, you know, show a little da- bit of appreciation. Seriously, you need the audacity to kick me. But anyway, oh my god, now I'm fuming for you. Don't worry, he's in the shed today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm to, joking. To I'm joking. Yeah, <laughs> Genevieve is joking. <laughs> Um, my awkward, we were working in a cafe, me and you, um, as we do, because I find it really difficult to work in front of the house. Like it, it gets me stressed out. I'm much better like working out in a cafe and you are too. We can, we kind of like focus better. Anyway, we're in this cafe and we were working on a post and we were like head down in the zone of this post. It was like full, like focus, full hyper-focus, right? Yeah. And then suddenly <laughs> two women came up to us and they were in no way aggressive or or like abnormal no it was a very slow mm. very polite very very gentle walk up for some reason it scared the life out of us and we both at the same i think it was i don't even know it was when we realized that they were coming to us that we just freaked out and screamed we both screamed like i screamed you shouted <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like you know when you're somewhere and you like don't expect anything but even yeah, like yeah, more yeah. than that we were like so in the zone there was like nothing yeah. around us you know yeah. it was just and then out of like nowhere or it felt like nowhere these women like just came and said hello yeah. and they were just said hello like yeah. I think that was like, super gentle yeah. hello the least aggressive <laughs> hello I screamed you shouted and in turn they jumped obviously because we scared them <laughs> They jumped backwards and then I looked up and one of them was wearing a like London jumper and I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Bless them. Yeah. They must have thought, these. what's wrong with these girls? Yeah, they must have thought we were very odd. Yeah, very, very odd. I, mean, I thought we um, were very odd. <laughs> yeah. I should have learned, should have learned our lesson because I scared you again yesterday. Yeah, that was stupid. In the cafe and you screamed, which was ridiculous. Like, I was... I was uh, it wasn't ridiculous. It was on my phone and I had my earphones in. So I was listening to oh, one earphone and I was listening to music. Alex goes to the toilet and comes back, sneaks up behind me, you know, I can't, and I've got a headphone in and comes by my ear that I haven't got a headphone in and goes, boo! Like, no, 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 I didn't say oh, boo. No. I said, here's your card. Okay, but you didn't. You went, here's your card. <laughs> you wanted a reaction. And then when you got it, when I jumped and everyone looked at me, 
you were like, why did you do that? (laughs) Why did you do that? I fell on gaslit you, didn't I? You did, you did. Um, You're welcome. Uh, Goods. Goods. My good. I am so hoping that I have got this right. Okay, so in in last week's Is It Just Me, I was talking about a game that I used to play on the PlayStation right yeah and for years and years and years i've tried don't say anything i've tried to remember what this game is and i've googled it and i can't find it and all i can remember is alien in rags alien in rags like a dobby in rags do you not know and i haven't been able to anyway i talked about it and i was like if anyone knows please tell me alien in rags yeah i logged on to my dms this morning (gasps) And someone's got it. They found it. Can you, have you got a picture of Yeah, it? and then will it yeah. like, spark a memory? It's called Abe's Odyssey. Oh, I remember that. The little long alien. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so nostalgic, isn't it? Oh, my God. It was so good. It was so good, but it was so creepy. And I have been trying to think of think of what this is for so long. And someone just messaged me being like, do you mean Abe's Odyssey? And I was like, Abe, it's Abe. <laughs> but do you know what I mean by alien in rags? Alien in rags, yeah. Like like a dobby. A dobby, a long dobby. So that was my good. I was, yeah. you, know, you know, like an itch that you need to scratch, but this itch has been going on for, a, this itch has been itching for a long time. So have you ordered the game and now? Finally, I've ordered the game and I got to scratch <laughs> the itch. What's your good? My God, I'm going to be honest, this is nearly over. Oh, Jen. <laughs> I, I don't exaggerate when I say I haven't slept. <laughs> you don't like public speaking, do no, you? It terrifies you it terrifies to your core. terrifies me, yeah. yeah. Not good at it, don't enjoy it. Like, I really, really But even like it. this with, you know, no one's listening to you at the present moment. <laughs> like, yeah, but they, they are be. going to be. So is it just as scary? Uh, n- no, obviously not. As being well, in front of a live audience. I've never been in front of a live audience. No, you mean like, like presenting? presenting and... Well, no, because then at least like there's no pressure on like, like the you know like when you're presenting, you're presenting about something, right? Yeah, it's not pleasant, but at least you kind of like you know, know what you're talking yeah. about. You know how it's going to be received. This you're like, well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not funny. I'm gonna, you know, oh. like I'm, it's gonna tank. The episode's gonna die, and it's gonna be all my fault. And you know, <laughs> you've like, ruined the podcast. Ruined, ruined the podcast. Ruined your career. Like ruined my career. Well, well done, done, Jen. <laughs> well done, you tit. <laughs> Um, a lovely way to speak to me. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> just another day in the office. <laughs> we ha- we have we we say that all the time, don't we? Because the amount of and, and it's because we're siblings that the amount of stuff that we do and you do and it's ju- it's mm. we always just look at each other and say another day in the office. Like what shit are we doing? Mm. It's like a very blurred line. Jen's come from this like brilliant financial like high powered job to. Um, I don't even know how to describe no, what you do. Just, no, I don't know how to describe it either. To doing, we do a mix of absolutely everything, like absolutely everything, and every everything. day is chaos. Oh yeah, so absolute chaos. Yeah, it was like yeah when Alex ex- described it last week as we're very scrappy, but we get there in the end. <laughs> yeah, we're very scrappy, <laughs> which yeah. I find very insulting. But anyway, <laughs> we move on. <laughs> to be honest, you are the definition in my head of scrappy. I just think that is so rude. M's a bit scrappy as well. I, does and she you're take both offence? Quite. Si- I don't know. I don't think I've ever said to her that she's scrappy, but you're both very like, no offence. <laughs> Sorry, Em, if you're listening, like a little bit disorganised, chaotic, everything's all over the place, but you always cut, like Em would never miss a day of podcasting. Yeah. You know, like she's always there, always turn up for stuff and like, and you're like that as well, like scrappy, but you make it. 
like organized chaos. Yeah, like if I glimpse mm. into your life, I I feel panicky. Oh, it's me too. But also, I can rely <laughs> on you. Yeah, you're reliable. Panicked reliability. I like that. Does okay. it panic you when you glimpse into your life? Too? Oh yeah, all the time. <laughs> I can't bear chaos, it. Chaos, chaos. I can't bear chaos. it. Your car, and you just turn up without a bag. You just turn up somewhere without a bag, and I'm like, where are your keys? Oh, just in, in in a pocket. I'm like, what pocket? Where's your car keys? Where's your wallet? And you're like, I don't know, just in one of my pockets. Unbearable. But it's always there. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if you just turned up with like a Sainsbury's bag <laughs> some, at some point, or, like got on the train on the plane with like a little, a little Sainsbury's bag. I'm not that bad. No, you're not that bad. I do have a bag. I'm doing you a disservice there. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, thank you for ruining my career. It's yeah. been great. Please don't um, ask me again. <laughs> I won't ask you again. Don't worry. Um, you're not um, allowed to go on maternity leave ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you'd like to say um, to no. anyone? No. I'm no. Done. You're done. But do you want me to do a shout out? A shout out. Should I thank everyone my fans and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, <laughs> thank all your fans. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Tell them where to follow you. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Love you. <laughs> um, Okay, thanks, Jen. And this week we have an episode that I found incredibly helpful, informative, useful. It's all about hormones. We're joined by Dr. Suhair Rokud and she um, is a hormones expert, general practitioner who's a hormones expert. And we just, we talked through hormones, all of the different aspects of, of hormonal imbalances and the general issues that women have with, with hormones and how to advocate for yourself um, in a space that isn't very accommodating towards anything, you know, to, towards women-specific problems like hormonal prob- um, imbalances and problems. Um, it was a brilliant episode. I learned an absolute ton and I want her back for part two because there are still so many more questions. Uh, but I hope you enjoy this and let us know what you think and see you next week. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. Um, oh God, I've got so much to ask you. I didn't know where to start. But like I said to you before, I'm going to try and make this not a personal consultation. But I actually have seen you for a personal consultation <laughs> years ago. It must have been like 2015, I want to say, maybe even even I before like that. 16, maybe somewhere around then. Yeah. So yeah, a little while. It was for a piece for Hello Magazine. Yeah. Um, and you did my bloods um, and yeah, took a look at all my hormones and it was super interesting. And they were out of whack and that I should have really yeah, done something like kept up with it more. But I think it was like a weird time in my life and yeah. I didn't really sort of keep up with it because you did prescribe me stuff. And I'm like, why didn't I just keep up with it? Anyway, <laughs> but it's nice to see you again. Good to see you too. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. Yeah, no, thank you for having you me. You just told her that you've completely ignored the medical advice <laughs> that she gave you. I know. I, I, do you know what? I didn't for a while, but it was in a, it was in a, it was in a bad time and I didn't really keep up with anything at that point, but I wish I had. Um, well, that's the sorry. thing. Like, I sometimes see people and... And, you know, they, they come in and then like you don't see them and you're like, oh, you know, was it not helpful or whatever? But then quite often people say, you know, it just wasn't the right time. I wasn't in the right headspace. There's yeah. other stuff that took priority. So, yeah. you know, I understand like things kind of get in the way sometimes. Yeah. And it is amazing. Like hormones, I find so interesting, but it's a frustrating thing that it feels like an unfair burden on women that we don't automatically know it so we have to go out of our way to learn it which we normally have to do if something's going wrong for us so it can feel like a bit of a burden I guess yeah yeah because like 
often when you talk to your girlfriends or people about it, it's all like, oh, it's such an awful heavy period mm. or, oh, I'm really badly PMSing. And it's all like negative stuff. Yeah. And that's why it does feel like a burden. Like when I was a teenager, I used to have like awful cramps. It'd be like, oh, can't go out and do anything for a few days. It's all like feels really negative. It's all like behind closed doors. You don't want people to know when you're, when you're bleeding, you know, all that sort of stuff. So it's all quite negative. But I do think we, you know, we need to sort of change the way we learn about hormones or teach people more about hormones, not just about like pregnancy, right? Yeah. But about how like when you're a woman, especially hormones affect all your different systems. So like sleep, your mood, your cravings, your energy, how you can work out, all those sort of things. And like, we're just not really taught that, are we? So you've got to like muddle your way through it. Yeah. I find it fascinating, like the impact that hormones can have. And I always think I can control it. Like if I know it's my hormones, I can control it. But you can't. It it really does impact your mood. It's like a, what, what is it when like drugs like alter the brain chemistry? Is that what hormones do as well? Like they kind of. Yeah, yeah. So like with brain chemistry, you know, like you said, you you're like, oh, okay. Well, I'm coming up to my period, so you know, mm. that's why I'm I'm going to feel a certain way. But when it's actually happening, you know, you yeah. and then it's only after you get your period, you're like, oh, that's what that was about because I feel yeah. a lot better now. So yeah. yeah, I remember speaking to a friend a year or two ago and saying, oh, I've been feeling so awful. And she goes, are you sure it's not your hormones? I'm like. Yeah, I got my period today. You're right. It was my hormone. So it even catches me off guard yeah. sometimes, you know. Uh, is that the rise in progesterone before your period? Is that what causes the those PMS symptoms? So I heard you guys talking about this not long ago on your podcast. And I thought we must discuss this because oh. I think that's what you said. You said like, oh, uh, progesterone, you yeah. get that before your period and it causes PMS. Yeah. And actually what happens is that like so basically like the second week of your cycle after your period that's when you ovulate so you get a big rise in estrogen and that's normally when women feel yeah. their best they feel really like not everyone but a lot of people feel like energetic maybe a bit horny their skin's good like doing more in the gym like really energized and feeling good yeah. and then in the third week yeah. basically you get a rise in progesterone and the right. reason you get that rise in progesterone is in terms of fertility to thicken the lining of the womb so that a fertilized egg can implant. And then if you don't get pregnant, your progesterone drops. And it's that drop in progesterone oh. that can cause oh, the PMS. God. So I was completely wrong. <laughs> so Sorry, like, guys. Why we need fact checking. <laughs> <laughs> so like on the third week of your, your cycle, a lot of women feel like quite calm. You know, maybe the energy's a bit lower because the estrogen's dropped, but generally feel like a bit calmer, a bit more rational. It's good for strength training and things like that. But then if, you, you know, your progesterone is going to drop if you're not pregnant, but if it's like dropping off the edge of a cliff, that's when you can get the PMS. So the moods, the irritability, the poor sleep, some women get a bit right. sweaty, can't focus as well. Like obviously not everyone has that. You know, right. find yourself crying at EastEnders though. I'm often yeah. like, where are you in your cycle? You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's not that sad. So. That's really interesting. Well, yeah, apologies for whatever I said. I can't even remember that. We do chat you have so much. More progesterone in pregnancy. You do. Yeah. You do. So that makes you less irritable or just more 
so everyone's different, right? Yeah. So if I'm going to see someone for for hormone treatment and they've been pregnant, I'm always like, how did you feel when you were pregnant? Because some women feel amazing and they've got glowy skin and lovely hair. And they just, some women say to me, it's the best I've ever felt yeah. in my life when I was pregnant. Uh -huh. But not everyone says Come that. Probably. <laughs> so, so happy for them. <laughs> so if someone tells me that, I know to be cautious of my, pres mm. my progesterone prescribing. But if they're like, it's the best I ever felt in my life, I'm like, oh, you respond well to progesterone. Oh, so different people respond yeah. differently to their own hormones. Yeah, and that's, that's like crazy. the key, just knowing what's going on for that individual, yeah. not just sort of like for the way I work, not just like blanket prescribing for everyone. So when the, sorry, just to ask for just curious, mm -hmm. curiosity, given that I am, as we're recording this, nine months pregnant. Of course. When you have the baby, yeah. what what's the hormone that dips? The progesterone. So that's when, that's when you kind of get very emotional that's the fourth trimester yeah crazy yeah so the, cool so once look you, forward to that guys <laughs> so once you have the baby your progesterone drops yeah that is often why you get a bit of baby blues around day yeah. three or four obviously if it's really severe then it could sort of you know cause other mood issues and things yeah. like that and like if you've had a lot of new hair growth while you were pregnant you haven't, okay. I've lost a butt ton of it. Really? <laughs> I've been very anemic. Oh, yes, yeah, so that's Low probably ferritin. why. Yeah. So like some women, they get loads of new hair growth when they're pregnant yeah. and then... And that's the progesterone. Out, yeah, basically. And then it all falls out. Yeah. Crushing. They should just go back to like a normal amount. Yeah. You know, it's not like an excessive yeah, yeah, yeah. loss of hair. Okay, that's yeah. so interesting. And then your estrogen is just super high anyway yeah. during the whole time. yeah. Nice. I'm going to hold on tight. I'm going to actually, I, fuck it. I don't care. My husband's going to have to hold on really tight. This is going to be a ride. <laughs> so like, Woo! It's, like, it's kind of good. Like if you maybe know what's going to happen yeah. and like you guys like discuss it, be like, there may be a time where I'm not quite feeling yeah. my best. And People then he have knows warned that, me you know? about the day five yeah. thing where you just like crash have a bit of a yeah, yeah. well it's a lot going on isn't it yeah I'd say. Like, you know, it's, like, it's kind of understandable yeah. so so once you give birth your progesterone drops and i'm guessing your estrogen must drop as well so yeah. it's like it's that like double whammy of yeah but then you've got hormones when your milk's coming in yeah yeah so if you breastfeed yeah it normally keeps the hormone levels at a slightly higher level but obviously you know some people depends. can't and it's really yeah. like dependent on what's yeah. going on so i will literally get it away from pregnancy now but i just found it very interesting yesterday i harvested my cholesterol for the first time oh yeah and i could not stop crying all day wow. i was just like yesterday afternoon i was just like uh, like i was just so sad if i think if i think about crying for long enough now i'll just be crying again yeah and it's really weird like i literally feel like i've unlocked something hormonally <laughs> yeah. i'm like oh <laughs> whoa i was trying to explain it to the i saw the midwife this today and i was just like yeah i think i'm okay she's like how's the harvesting girl i was like yeah i think i'm okay but i'm also a mess so i feel like that's going to be a fun but it's kind of cool like if you just know that it's your hormones and you can just ride the wave yeah i think that's the thing it. like you know with menopause with periods all that sort of stuff like if you have some information and you're prepared like it doesn't change the fact you're going through something you haven't been through before but i think that information's empowering mm. and then you can come at, come at it from a different angle because i think what's scary is if like you don't know what's going on you feel mm. like you're going mad and then that's quite scary but if you understand it's kind of to do with your hormones and you know you you like oh I was expecting a little bit of this then then you can deal with it better mm. so true like knowledge is power it is <laughs> <laughs> um can I ask you um a question just because for very selfish reasons I'm just intrigued when I I so I froze embryos recently and you said that you'd uh, frozen your eggs too I have yeah um, 
I am so fascinated by it because I'd heard so many people had said to me, people who had had experiences with IVF said, it's really rough. Like you're gonna be super hormonal. It's gonna be really hard and like, you know, take that, that two weeks off work and like try and rest and don't do anything. I don't think I've ever felt as good <laughs> as during that two weeks. It was like, I felt so good. And I don't know if it was the estrogen or I felt amazing. And the, the literally the day I had the egg collection, it was like I fell off a cliff. Yeah. I was I was like, I, I was really low, mm. but I felt so good in that. Is that normal? Is that normal? So most women don't feel that great when they're egg harvesting because you're basically being given a lot more hormones than you're normally producing during your cycle yeah. so that like multiple eggs mature so they can yeah. harvest them because normally like it's like one a month right yeah so if you're trying to get more you've got like really go for it with the hormones yeah. to get multiple eggs um you're the first person other than myself who uh, who felt great during their oh, really? harvesting because everyone else I was saying to felt awful. I also felt amazing. Did you? Felt the best I've ever felt yeah. in my life. Yeah. I feel like I looked good as well. Like I people looked like you're so glowing. Good. Really good. <laughs> I looked so good. Honestly, like I, I, my, my skin was amazing. Like I just felt the best I've ever felt. It was so, so weird. That's the high estrogen. Okay. And I I know for myself, I naturally run at quite a high estrogen. Well, I don't know right at the moment, but I, I have yeah. historically. Okay. Um, and I think that it's just because my body's used to high levels of estrogen, yeah. like having even more made me feel great. Yeah. And then someone said to me like, well, you're a doctor. Did you not just think, oh, I'm going to take a bit of estrogen to keep feeling great? And I'm like, well, no, because like, you know, estrogen, that affects my weight and things like that. If you've got a lot of high estrogen. So I'm yeah. like, and I think like after a period of time, yeah. you might start getting the negatives, which can be things like irritability, feeling foggy, right. feeling hot all the time. So I'm like, no, I don't want to do that permanently. But I did feel really good during the treatment. Oh, I mean, my mum has HRT. You know, she has like estrogel, which yeah. she rubs in. And I was like, I'm going to nick it. <laughs> I'm going to nick it and rub it in every day because I want to feel like that all the time. It's like dope sick. <laughs> Literally, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is so good. I'm actually excited to do it again. Not really. Um, but it, yeah, that is it's super interesting. So so is that, so when you stop taking all the, is that just the drop then? Yeah, it's, just it's like, like again, the big drop after. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do think some women don't feel good because it can be quite emotive as well. Like psychologically, there's a lot going on as yeah. well. It's anxiety then, inducing yeah. the whole thing. And yeah. then, you know, anxiety, the stress of it, all that affects your cortisol levels. That then affects how you metabolize your hormones. It's all kind of interlinked. It is really interesting to hear you say that some women respond well to pregnancy and like have the, they obviously respond well to progesterone. And then like you two are responding well to this high level of estrogen. And it's really weird because when we talk about periods with our friends, I think because we don't talk about them in a educational, like a scientific way at school, particularly, we only have hearsay and we kind of cling on to other people's experiences and make them our own as yeah. if like, it's like the shared female experience that we all have the same periods, but yeah. like, even having, I had the Marina Coil and it's mad that I loved it. And then I meet people and they're like, it was the worst. And like some people go, go on micro giant gynam or whatever it is and love it. And yeah. then some people just can't bear it. And it's so funny yeah. that we're still trying to like one size fits all yeah. with hormones when it's just clearly doesn't work. Yeah, it's so different. And like, you know, like you said, some of your friends will never have PMS mm. and then others will have like awful PMS. But I think you... 
only talk about the negatives, really. Yeah. And, you know, but then, you know, the Myrina coil is really popular. So it's basically a a coil that releases a synthetic progestin into the, the womb. So it thins the lining of the womb. So most women don't have any periods or extremely light mm. periods when they have it. But your ovaries are still working. Whereas when you're on the pill, it shuts off your ovaries and it just like replaces the hormones with the synthetic hormones. Mm. So some women maybe their own hormone production's quite erratic. So they feel good on the pill because it's a bit more steady. Mm. Other women don't respond well to the synthetic hormones. Um, so that's not going to work for them. And then other people, they just don't want to have, or they don't feel so good when they're bleeding and things like that. So therefore the Mirena works really well for them. Mm. But that's why we have choices. And, you know, the same with pills. There's like loads of different pills out there. Mm. So if you don't respond to one, you'll find another one. Like I took one and I just like, blood the whole time I was taking it then that makes you feel a bit grotty you know mm. then I found another one that worked really well for me so there are different things out there and I think that you know you, you know people I think women we're hard on ourselves like oh it didn't work for me oh I want to work to my friend sort of thing but there's so much out there I think it's just about talking to someone who understands it who can explain it to you and kind of help you find what works well for you mm. Yeah, it is. yeah, you're right. You're right. We take it like a personal failing yeah. that it hasn't worked. Like, yeah. Oh, I just really didn't get on with it, and it's like that's okay. Like, yeah. but yeah, uh, yeah. I um I did a question box ahead of you coming in on Instagram, and I think it's like the biggest response I've ever had, um, which is telling in the we've all got our own individual questions about hormones and they're really varied as well. All the questions yeah. are really varied, so it was quite difficult to, um collate them in any kind of uh like meaningful way but I think a good place to start would be what are the signs that you have a hormonal imbalance like how do you know um if if you should be looking at your hormones in more detail yeah I think that's a really good question um because you know again there's a lot of if, if you've got any symptom you could go oh it's my hormones but yeah. how do you actually know so the first thing I would do is I'd say to start tracking your period I think that's really really important I ask people about their periods all day long and Every day there's someone who I go, when was your last period? And they're like, oh, I, I don't know. And I'm like, well, come on now. Is this like, it's just the start. We've got to know when the period was. So I'd say start tracking your, your period. You don't have to download an app, but you can something like Flow. And I think like, you know, Apple Watch, Fitbit, all those sort of things. It links now. You can put in your menstrual sort of cycle type things. Start tracking. But don't just track the bleeding, although that's important because we want to know if it's regular or irregular and how long you bleed for and if it's heavy or light. But I would say start tracking other stuff around your cycle. So your energy, your mood, your sleep, things like, you know, acne, bloating. Um, yeah, just, you know, irritability. Um, if you've got cravings, anything like that, just track it all in. And then I often say to people, bring it to me and we'll look at it together and go, oh, there's a pattern to it or there's no pattern. Because of course, like your sleep could vary for so many reasons. You know, if you're having caffeine late or alcohol or sugar before bed or stress, you know, anything like that. But if it's always at a certain time of the month, then we can go, okay, now I think maybe it is hormonal. And then you can do hormone tests, but your GP probably isn't going to do that for you because it's not recommended in the NICE guidelines. When I do hormone tests, I normally do it around day 21 of the cycle because that's when you can see the biggest imbalance between estrogen and progesterone. Um, 
so but you know you don't have to do hormone tests you could just like use your data and start tracking things that way to try and figure out what's going on is there merit in the temperature taking yeah so some of my patients do the temperature taking that's on natural cycles just for yeah yeah yeah. and that's quite useful for ovulation Mm -hmm. but i'd say for pms and things like that it probably wouldn't be as helpful okay yeah yeah because there's a lot of apps out there so much information like well depending on what you need i suppose also while we're asking about natural cycles how is it as a contraception as a contraceptive in your professional opinion so if you're very very in tune with your cycle then it could work really well because there is only a small window where you are fertile every month uh, which is around your ovulation, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're not in tune with your cycle, then obviously it's maybe not going to be overly helpful. Mm-hmm. And of course, using natural cycles doesn't take away the STI risk. So yeah. it all kind of depends sort of where you are in terms of relationships and things like that. Yeah. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Yeah, I mean, I, I I had natural cycles to try and track my period, but then I deleted it because it was my period is is so irregular. Yeah. It's, it's actually making me feel really bad every time it would pop up and be like, "Oh, you're ovulating now." And I'm like, "I'm not." <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, "Take your temperature." I was like, "Why bother?" Um, so I I did delete it, but I think it is if you have a regular period, it's quite good, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah. found it amazing. In terms of because I'd had the marina coil, I'd had I'd been on the pill for six, five years. Then I had the marina for six years, so I'd had basically eleven years of hormonal intervention, which means I had no idea who I was yeah. without synthetic hormones or hormone blocking, or whatever. Like I literally was like, okay, who is this? And that was in October, October twenty twenty one. I came, I started using it and got the coil taken out. And yeah, I obviously was pregnant not that long afterwards, but that those few months I found it so interesting for my mood, like, cause I felt, and I think I was more hom- hormonal every other period. Okay. Felt yeah. like one was more, one of my ovaries was more intense. Um, but yeah, I found it really useful for that. Just for like the tracking of the mood, like, the, like you said, like the moods, the temperatures or whatever. Yeah. And, and yeah, but I think you're right. Like it, it, it lends itself. I don't think it's, Again, it's not a one size fits all, no. is it? Because it does not lend itself to a lot of lifestyles. No, no. I would not recommend it to my sister. <laughs> like very regular periods and she's out living her best life as a single gal. <laughs> it's a no. Use a condom. <laughs> Godspeed. <laughs> one actually, one question that was very, very common was around anxiety um, and periods. Do hormones cause anxiety? Um, why do I get so emotional? Have slash have panic attacks right before my period? Um, why do I get so anxious the week before my period? Hormones and anxiety, please help. <laughs> so it is a real thing, um, getting more anxiety before your period, and it's often due to that drop in progesterone. 
So there is something you can try and do about it. So that's good news. So your progesterone, like I said, it's naturally going to drop, but maybe we can do something so that it doesn't drop like right off the edge of the cliff. So there's a supplement called Agnes Castus. In the US, it's called like Chaseberry and Vitex. Um, And basically what it does is that it helps to increase your progesterone production. Okay. So you could take that maybe after ovulation or two weeks after your period, because that's roughly when ovulation is, until you get your period. And some women find that really useful. Like I was saying before, if your cortisol is quite high or there's a lot of stress, that can negatively impact your progesterone as well. So what we'd want to be doing is seeing how can we minimize stress around the second half of the cycle, which is maybe easier said than done. (laughs) There are some little things you could do in terms of your lifestyle, like Maybe, you know, if you're going to be having like really big nights out and things like that, you might modify the amount of alcohol you drink or like how late you stay out and things like that. Um, There are some supplements that help you process your cortisol better. So ashwagandha is one of my favorites. That's really good for helping you to process your cortisol better. And that can help particularly with anxiety and the way we perceive stress. Um, Other things like... Maybe, you know, a lot of women feel a bit tired in the second half of their cycle, but because we're all worried about weight and body image and things like that, maybe change the way you exercise in the second half of your cycle. If you're feeling tired, don't push yourself as hard. Um, You know, maybe do things like yoga, Pilates, a bit more strength rather than pushing yourself a hit, especially if you're really feeling that intrinsic tiredness, because otherwise it's just going to push up your cortisol again, and that's going to negatively impact your progesterone. So there's lots of little things that we can do as well to try and help balance things a bit better. Yeah, I always forget that cortisol is a hormone. Yeah. <laughs> I only think of it as like testosterone, progesterone, estrogen, and I forget that cortisol is a hormone as yeah. well. And I guess I guess that's the one that we have most control over, right? Yeah, in some ways, but then in other ways, if you're under a lot of stress, it doesn't feel like you've got any control yeah. over it, right? Yeah. But what I always say is like little things can make a big difference because otherwise it's like really overwhelming to be like, oh, I've got like change my whole life and like do all these different things to be like, okay, maybe we try and start with like maybe half an hour earlier bedtime, sort of just around the week before your period. See if that makes a difference. Maybe we bring in the ashwagandha, something easy you can do. Maybe we stop caffeine, you know, before midday, maybe get better quality of sleep that way. You know, little things could have a good impact on your cortisol as well. Maybe we'll go, right, let's do a little bit of meditation every morning or a wind down before bed because that's going to help lower your cortisol as well. So there are little things that can help. Does caffeine increase cortisol? Yeah, so if you're someone who has quite a high cortisol, I normally advise minimising caffeine, not having none. Full disclosure, I had three coffees today, but that's (laughs) that's unusual. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so like... Because basically, if you're somebody who's quite stressed, then having loads of caffeine will then push that cortisol up higher. I often see people who like very busy lifestyles, seem a bit frantic and stressed. I'm like, how much coffee do you have a day? Be like, oh, 
six six double espressos and I'm like yeah I don't think that's helping things right now so so I'll be like maybe have one or two in the morning then maybe we switch to decaf maybe we go for a little bit of green tea maybe bring in some herbals um because otherwise it's just pushing a high cortisol up even further so I'd be a little bit careful around that and same with alcohol actually it can like if you're quite a stressed person it could push up your cortisol higher it wouldn't let the cortisol should be quite low overnight so you get a good night's sleep um, and it might push it up further which is why you don't always get a good night's sleep after drinking is that like anxiety yeah yeah it's a chemical thing it's a real thing i mean caffeine makes me so anxious does it I can have like one cup of tea yeah that's non-decaf and anything after that i'm like i could could like almost get to a panic attack yeah yeah the ashwagandha Mm -hmm. that you mentioned that can help reduce cortisol how do you take that it's in powder form isn't it you can get it in capsules as well um so loads of good supplement companies do it like well nutrition nutri advanced and even some good ones on amazon as well so um generally it's sort of capsule it's about 500 milligrams you'd be looking at um you could take it at night before bed if if you think it's going to help your sleep um if that's not really an issue for you and you get a bit more frazzled during the day you could take it in the morning as well we could take it morning and evening but I'd probably start slowly see how you respond and then then build it up and it is okay to sort of like experiment without professional help with supplements like this so obviously if I see somebody I'd guide them on the dose and the brand and things like that but yeah these things are available over the counter if you're on prescription medication maybe it's a good idea to check with a doctor or medical professional if it's going to interact at all but otherwise it would be fine to try and see how your body feels it's such an empowering thing that we get that we get I don't know like to listen to you speaking and like that there's options I don't know I feel like people can feel very overwhelmed by their hormones but it is really nice to just be like well you can try this and you can try this and there's just like there's a bunch of stuff that makes sense and you can that yeah just try and make it better so what I usually say to patients if they're having a period is that we probably have to give it two or three cycles for it to work because I think it can be frustrating if you like try a supplement yeah. you take it like twice and you're like why isn't it working mm. that's good to know yeah <laughs> that, that it doesn't have an instant effect that's good to know definitely good for you to know yeah I'm very guilty <laughs> of like it's like now or never to be um, fair I started a load of new supplements this week and it's been like three days I'm like why aren't they working yet <laughs> yeah. so even I'm prone to it and you've got to remind yourself you're like come on now yeah. gotta give it a few weeks yeah. and see how you get on for I'm like this isn't working so yeah, yeah I think like it's just good to know that it's fine to try things um but you have to be a little bit patient so the body can respond to them yeah a lot of people asked about supplements actually and vitamins that you can take for your hormones mm-hmm. if you mentioned agnes castus yeah. for progesterone and ashwagandha for uh, cortisol what about saint john's wort is that so saint john's wort is also a herbal supplement yeah and it's more for mood Okay. So it can boost your serotonin, which okay. then impacts your mood. But of course, that could be useful as well right. if that's something you're you're noticing. It could be worthwhile taking. It can affect your um, liver enzymes, though. So you know, it's if you're taking prescription medication again, it's best to double check because we don't want to overload the body. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. My my mum and her, uh, my mum and my aunties, her sisters, always got really bad PMT, and they would always they all took Saint John's Wort for it so I always just presume that it was a you know something to help with PMT but yeah. not, maybe not necessarily <laughs> do you get PMTR yeah 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm quite a hormonal person. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I had a period, like when I d- I can't tell anymore, which is really annoying because I used to be able to to tell you know, like I, I actually got before I started taking the um, before I had the coil in, I started to be able to get into a routine of like, oh, this is PMT now. Now I'm feeling bad, and that's because it's PMT. But um, yeah, not anymore, I think actually. like the other thing that we do as women, because we always talk about like the negatives around hormones is that like any little thing we're like oh it's my hormones I didn't sleep well it's my hormones yeah it might not always be your hormones so you know it's good to like think okay maybe it is my hormones but maybe there's something else going on so is it something in my diet you know is it something like alcohol consumption caffeine am I having a lot of sugar because that's going to cause a lot of inflammation in your system and then negatively impact your hormones as well. Um, You know, is it that I've stopped exercising? Am I getting enough nutrients? So do I get enough fruit and veg in my diet and things like that? So it's good to look at the broader picture as well, which is what I kind of like remind people when I see them, like I definitely will look at your hormones. But I always say to people, well, look at your hormones, but it might not be your hormones. And if it isn't, you still have your symptoms. They're still there. We've just got to figure out a different way of managing them this is probably a question that doesn't make sense but when someone does have a hormonal imbalance or just when when their hormones are off what is what are the reasons for that I mean I'm guessing like stress can be a reason like you said like too much alcohol and maybe caffeine but like aside from that what are the reasons that like hormones would be out of whack so yeah it can be lifestyle like you know you know diet isn't that great, you're not exercising or you're exercising too much or stress, all those things you mentioned. But it might not be, you know, sometimes it's just bad luck and you're just unlucky and you've got like an issue with your hormones. It could be genetic, you know, we'll say like, what's what went on with you? But, you know, our mums didn't really talk about what went on with their periods and stuff like that necessarily. But, you know, it could just be, you know, just bad luck or genetics. So it's not about like, blaming people. The only reason that I would ask about lifestyle is because if there is something in your diet or your lifestyle, well, then it's a bit easier to fix, you yeah. know? So it's it's a positive thing, not a, it's your fault, your hormones aren't working properly. Mm. It's like, right, we can really modify this. You're going to feel so much better really quickly. But sometimes it is just like genetic uh, or it could just be like, you know, bad. Some things are just bad luck, but that's also okay because there are certain things we can do to try and regulate things regardless of the cause. Is our genetics a big marker and like, or a big factor in hormonal imbalances or in just, does it, does that tend to travel? So it can be, but also there are so many external factors now that affect our genetics Mm. and, you know, environmental, you know, pollution or, um, you know, what we eat, like chemicals in our food or in our makeup or plastics and and all this sort of thing. So I'd say that it's not as clear cut now as genetic or not genetic. And also Mm. we know nowadays that like so many genes can be modified according to like, you know, you know, you take a certain supplement, it can modify that gene or you eat a certain type of food and it can help it. So genes do play a part, but it's not as clear cut. So like, when I first started learning about hormones, you, know, you do still ask, you know, when did your mum go through menopause, all that sort of stuff. But there's really not that much correlation anymore because our really? lifestyle is so different to like our parents' lifestyles. 
That's devastating. My mum went through the menopause at some point in her 50s and didn't even notice. Wow. I know. Loved it. She had the marina coil, didn't even know she'd gone through them. That's great. I know. Yeah. And, but, but now that's, and I always thought that was coming for me. But maybe not. <laughs> it might be. Yeah, it it might be. be. Yeah. <laughs> I want it. I want it so bad. <laughs> um, I've got so many questions for you. I feel like they all want to come tumbling out at once. So I'm just going to try and order it in my head. I'd love to know... As a hormone doctor, hormone expert, what is the main thing that people come to you for? What's the main complaint? So I I see people with period problems and then it would be like mood um, and brain fog. I'd say that that's a really, really common reason people come in. Is that in menopause, a menopause specific or is that across the board? So in menopause also, that's a far more common reason people come in than hot flushes. Mm. Like people always say like, yeah, I do get hot flushes, but I can live with that. Oh, that's not that bad. Mm. What I can't cope with is the brain fog. I can't think straight. I'm irritable. Yeah. I can't sleep. Mm. And it's the same with PMS. You know, people are finding like my concentration's gone. My memory's gone. I'm moody and emotional. And that's what I can't cope with mm. baby brain is that to do with hormones it is is it is yeah. it a real thing yeah it's a real thing okay, i lost my car the other day and i was like oh my god <laughs> this like this is really bad <laughs> but my brain just doesn't work and then the doctor said that, that i didn't know if he was just being a bit misogynistic or if he was right and he was like yeah it shrinks the brain or something and i was like right <laughs> i don't know about that <laughs> but i couldn't argue so it is a thing yeah it is a thing again like it's multifactorial right there's a lot going on there's all mm. the changes in your body all the hormones and all that sort of thing so yeah it does definitely um affect you know focus concentration memory all those sorts of things and we blame ourselves for all this stuff like we're so mean to ourselves like if we don't i don't know achieve the same every day like robots we're so yeah. mean to ourselves but then it's like there's all these extenuating circumstances yeah and i think like it's an opportunity, you know, you'd be like, well, okay, I'm, I'm a bit more forgetful than I was, you know, and I, you know, one of the things I always do is be like, oh, in my twenties, in my twenties, I was really sharp in my twenties, you know, but then that's okay. You know, you've changed, your body's changing, your mind's changing. You've got different levels of wisdom. You know, I think as we get older, we get a bit more intuitive into our bodies with other people and, and things like that. And I think it's just like trying to embrace that with every change there's a new stage of life happening mm. and it's hard sometimes we're in the moment if we're gonna try and reframe things I think it feels better mm. I'm gonna put you on the spot here with this one <laughs> but is there something that you wish women knew about hormones that they don't tend to know yes so I I feel that women don't maybe fully know how important hormones are to every stage of their life because you know when we were yeah. younger it's all about like your period then it's all yeah. about not getting pregnant then it's all about trying to get pregnant <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we just think about our hormones in terms of like fertility and then it's about menopause and it all ending basically there's all this time in between where actually hormones have a massive impact and I, I think for myself like I wish I had known that before you know that it was affecting my focus my concentration you know my mood my energy my muscle strength and I think we don't really follow that and it really does make a difference at every stage and I think to know that it can be quite empowering in a way yeah. because 
there's been times, you know, where say, I don't know, you, you didn't do well on a test and, you know, maybe it was a certain time of the month or, you know, you end up having a fight with someone for no real reason. You feel really awful about it after. It's not excusing bad behaviour or anything like that, but just knowing that hormones have an impact on all these areas, you could maybe approach things in a different way. I wish more personal trainers knew that. Yeah. Like I was noticed that and there's, I've been yeah. to it like before I was pregnant, I trained a lot. And since I've been pregnant, I've, it's actually just completely changed my outlook on my, my body. I have massive, much more respect for, but I never gave a lot of weight to, to my, the, the different times in my cycle. And it's only now that I've realized like how much the female body goes through Yeah, that I'm like, oh my God, as if they expect, because men can perform pretty much same week in, week out and we just can't do it. No. And it's crazy to expect that we can, but the amount of gyms that I, I was a member just before I got pregnant of a gym that every week they'd mark your progress. And I just think, I look at it and be like, women are set up to fail here because it's they trying to they measure if you can basically progress the weight throughout the month yeah and it's just like but we're not there's going to be a, there must be a dip but then women are just gonna be so mean to themselves for not knowing that they're not gonna smash a pb yeah exactly. every week yeah but and some women like they're fine you know they yeah. they do feel great just for their period and you know they they can lift heavier and, and do everything that's great but not every woman can mm. so yeah you're right you know if, you, if that's all you're measuring it on then you ask sort of setting yourself up to fail yeah and yeah. you're being kind of set up by the trainers like yeah. oh, what's wrong I just what, think like... varying your training throughout a cycle can be really useful yeah so like the week you're on your period you know you might go a bit lighter and yeah. then the ovulation week so week two you know that's when you've got your best energy so I'm yeah. like if you feel great just smash out all the hit that week nice. and get it done and then the week after maybe you want to go a bit more strength yeah and then the week before depending on how you're feeling if you're feeling great keep going with the strength yeah with the strength or yeah. you know hit whatever you want to do but if you're not feeling great that's okay so when you say the week of your period so it's just super helpful for me to write down and remember forever um but from the week of your period that would be like the day your period started that was when you do lighter exercise so basically like the day your period starts that's kind of like the lowest your hormones are yeah so you might feel fine maybe you won't so if you if you yourself when you're tracking your cycle you say oh I actually feel a bit tired and sluggish you might want to like oh I'm just gonna do some yoga I'm gonna do some walking um you know might go swimming I might do something like that but if you feel good obviously carry on and then after your periods your hormones start gradually rising and then the estrogen peak around day 10 to 14 Mm -hmm. so day one is the first day you bleed so 10 to 14 is 10 to 14 Mm -hmm. days after that and then your progesterone starts rising after that and then both start dipping after around um that that last week basically 21 to, to 28 okay yeah and so what would you do in that last week so again depending on how you feel if you feel great just keep doing whatever mm-hmm. you want, you know. But if, if you're feeling a bit more tired, a bit more achy, some women get a bit achy before their period because yeah. of the progesterone and the estrogen dipping, then maybe you do a bit more gentle stuff. So, yeah. you know, so sometimes go to the PT, oh, look, I can't do my usual, let's do a bit more of a circuit or lighter weights or, yeah. or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Useful. Thank you. We haven't touched on testosterone. We haven't. Um, <laughs> which obviously we have as well. Obviously not to the same extent that men do. Do you find that, because I think when I came to see you, my testosterone was almost at zero and you prescribed me a gel or like a cream. Um, 
Do you find that women's testosterone in general tends to be on the low side? So testosterone can start dropping in women from your late 20s. Okay. And it will be depleted if you're under a lot of stress as well, which we all are to a degree. Um, and women do need testosterone, but not as much as men. And the things that it's good for, we always just think about like sex drive, libido, all that sort of stuff. And it is important for that. But it's also important for motivation, focus, concentration, burning fat, building muscle, give you a bit of oomph and spark as well. So it is an important hormone. And uh, sometimes a lot of the mood stuff that people come with could be low testosterone maybe the testosterone's really low does that fluctuate throughout the month the testosterone so it does peak around ovulation mm. which i feel a bit more horny during like ovulation which is what biologically you should be feeling to try and get pregnant mm -hmm. but it's not oh, wow. massive fluctuations like the estrogen and progesterone okay. so it's kind of steady but it is a bit more mid-cycle okay and then it starts tailing off as you get older yeah so what age would you would you expect at one point in your life to have none um, I checked mine not that long ago and it was like basically zero. Okay. So yeah, wow. <laughs> that can happen. That's so interesting. Yeah. It's and mad, isn't it? It's yeah. so mad. Do you have loads as a kid? Would one have a lot of testosterone as a child? Like after puberty? Yeah. You'd be like making testosterone from puberty onwards. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you would. So it probably peaks like in your... 20s but okay. then from the late 20s it can start going down so it goes down quicker than the other hormones basically but um yeah it is really important for get up and go your drive all those sorts of things I think it is worth looking at yeah. if that's something you're struggling with okay that's so interesting perimenopause yeah lots of questions about this yeah people asking how do they know if they're is it, do you say in peri perimenopause? Yeah. Um, how do they know if they're close? Mm. How can you? It's a tricky one. Yeah. Um, so I'd say the first thing to do would be to look at what's going on with your cycle. Is yeah. it shorter than it used to be? Yeah. That's often a sign that your progesterone's fluctuating. You're making less hormones. So your period's gone from, you know, people will say I was really regular, 28 days. And now yeah. I'm like 24 days or 26 days. That can be a sign right. that you're sort of like entering that time. And also if your PMS has changed in some way, so you're getting more PMS or yeah. it's lasting a longer period of time or some of the things we've already talked about, like the brain fog or, you know, um, I'm, you know, my memory's not as good. I'm not as sharp. That's maybe all signs you're entering perimenopause. And in a way it's good to know because there are things you can do about it now if you go see your GP and things. In the past, it'd be like, don't come and see me till your periods have stopped. And you're like, well, it's normally when things start getting better, you know, it's a bit before yeah. they stop where things are not as good necessarily. Whereas now GPs will see people who are in perimenopause and just help to regulate what's going on there. Okay. And do you recommend HRT for perimenopause? I do recommend HRT for perimenopause, but I think yeah. the way that I work... I'd specifically look at what symptoms that person's having, sort yeah. of tailor it to that. Okay. So, because like we were saying, everyone's so individual. So if I give someone a lot of estrogen, you know, they might feel a lot worse, but yeah. somebody else, they might feel a lot better. So I kind of want to look at the individual when I see them and then kind okay. of tailor it towards what's going on with them. And I know there's, 
I mean, I don't know. I think that there's a lot of conflicting information about HRT and whether women can remain on HRT long after menopause. Do you have a stance on that? Like what camp do you fall into there? So the guidelines have just changed this year. So it used to be like, you can be on HRT for five years um, and then that's it. Yeah. No more HRT. But the guidance has now changed because all the research shows that actually if you start HRT at the right time, which is like perimenopause or at the beginning yeah. of your menopause, and then stay on it, it's got really good benefits for your brain health, your heart health and your bones. And those three things are like major issues in older women, like old women falling over, fracturing their hip, going into hospital and sadly never coming out, having to go to a nursing home. Dementias in women really go up. We think it's due to the lack of estrogen in the brain. And like women have really good heart health up until menopause. And then they overtake men in the heart attack camp. So like, it's really important to look at like the bigger picture for like women's health. So it's really great that the guidelines have changed now. And if you start HRT at the right time, and you're happy on it and you feel well, you can stay on it long term. Okay. And that's something I've been working with patients on for, for a while anyway. That's great. That's good to know. Yeah. My mum's been on it for a very long time as well. And her GP has been saying to her, you need to get off, you need to get off. And she really just doesn't yeah, want to. Yeah, she doesn't need to now. Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah. Okay, I'll tell her. Yeah. <laughs> um, this one's asking for a friend. Well, um, but you, you said before... Um, if you're approaching perimenopause, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but your periods can get shorter, your cycles can get shorter. Mm-hmm. This is where I'm asking for a friend. What happens if your cycles are getting longer? Because, I mean, mine are like really long your now. Friends. My friends, <laughs> excuse me, my friends cycle um, like really long now and very irregular at the same time. And I, so like, what can cause that? I know that's a big question, but what could be factors that could cause that it could be sort of a hormonal change a perimenopausal change or something like that because everybody is different like I was saying um so what I would want to do is I'm sure you are doing it tracking your cycle and tracking how you're feeling around it um maybe get some form of hormone test to see what's going on there as well. And then seeing what we could do to regulate your hormones better. And I don't necessarily mean taking the pill because the pill's going to shut off your natural production. Sometimes I use like the body identical hormones to like kind of mimic a cycle. And then that might trick your brain into regulating the way you make the hormones. So there are things that you can do about it. Um, But it's also like how you feel around it. Like if you feel fine anyway, and you're happy just to monitor it, we could do that. But if it's sort of like troubling you that you're not having a regular cycle, we can try and see what we could do to regulate it a little bit. Yeah, it's it's concerning when it doesn't come and you're you're waiting for it to come and it's you know and at some point sorry this is a little bit deep but at some point we all want to like try and have a you know try for a baby at some point but without a regular cycle it kind of that feels impossible it's because it's like if I'm not having a regular period surely I'm not regularly ovulating I mean, I don't really know enough about this, but that's that's kind of like what I thought. So, yeah, it's all just a Yeah, so a I mean, you know, obviously, you know, you've, you've said you've, you've been through sort of the, the egg harvesting and, yeah. and things like that. And really, uh, you know, so that's obviously really positive that, you know, that's one less thing to worry about in some ways. And then what we'd want to do is just keep your womb healthy because like a woman at any age can carry a baby if her womb is healthy. 
So, you know, it's it can feel it's very emotive, isn't it? We're talking about changes in our body and when that's like affecting the goals that we have, especially as women for fertility and and things like that, you know, does play on your mind like, oh, something's changed in my body. What does that mean? Is that going to affect my future plans and things like that? But if we sort of broaden the scope, you know, what you've done is so empowering and positive, you know, for, for future you basically, and just keeping your womb healthy. That's definitely something that can be done so that what you want can be achieved. Yeah. So I think the, yeah, I think like I saw someone like yesterday who was really worried because she's just been diagnosed with polycystic ovaries and she's like 34 and she's like, that's it. It's all over. I'm too old. I should have done something sooner. And I've got polycystic ovaries. And I'm like, that, that is not the case at all. Because polycystic ovaries really worries people. I'm like, there's no reason that, you know, if you wanted to do egg freezing, you couldn't do that with, with polycystic ovaries. Or just try naturally. We'll try and get your hormones back in sync. We're going to work on a few lifestyle changes to get your body as healthy as possible. And, you know, there's no reason why that's going to stop her conceiving. Yeah. So... Um, but I think that's actually yeah. probably the main reason she came in because she thought like, yeah. missed the boat now, what am I going to do? And I was just like, that's not the case at all. And if I really did think that, I would tell someone in a nice way because I don't yeah. think it's fair not to tell somebody if have them living in false hope, you know. So yeah. so I would try to be honest with people if they're yeah. worried about something in particular. Okay, that's actually really nice to hear that. It's like a nice positive outlook. That's very nice. So for people who are listening to this and thinking sounds to me like I need to get my hormone levels checked. So I need to look into this because something's not right, especially, you know, tracking my cycle. And there are certain times of my cycle where I don't feel good. I don't feel right. I need to do something about it. As you said, I think, did, did you say that it's not possible to go to your GP and ask for hormone tests? It's unlikely they're going to do that okay. because they sometimes do a hormone check for fertility. But right. normally, you know, that's like if you've been trying for a long time, okay. they normally do a hormone check if you think it might be polycystic ov- ovaries. But otherwise, they don't just do like hormone checks. It's like kind of against the the guidance at the moment. Right. But there are ways that you could get a hormone check if that's something you wanted to do. Um, obviously, like, it's useful if there's someone who can interpret the results for you, of course. Yeah. Uh, but like people come and see me for that. You can go yeah. to places like MediChecks and get hormone checks that are quite sort of cost effective. Um, there are other sort of tests you can do online, things like the Dutch test, which is a dried yeah. urine test, of complete hormones that measures your stress hormones and your female hormones okay. and things like that. So obviously all that's useful, but you know, you obviously yeah. want to work with someone who can interpret them for you as well. Right. Um, because it's one thing having a test done, there's nothing knowing what to do with it. Um, yeah. But yeah, there are ways of, of getting things checked if that's something you want to do. Okay. And there is stuff you can do, right? Like if there is, it, it's not like this is just your lump in life. Like you can, you can change your horm- hormones. Yeah, definitely. That's so nice. Definitely. So yeah. it's not like, you know, when I hear women who are like, not necessarily patients of mine, but you know, if I, you're out and about and people are like, oh, I'm having like terrible PMS. So that's just the way it is. And I'm like, yeah, that's not just the way it is. Like you don't have to live like this. Having yeah. like some women like their PMS is like two weeks out of a month. So I'm like, so basically you feel awful for six months of the year. Yeah, half like, your life. It's awful. Like, and I'm like, yeah. we yeah. as women, we just like feel like, oh, what's my lot in life as a woman? I've got to deal with these periods and do all this other stuff I've got to do. And it's just part of being a woman. I don't agree with that. I'm like, that's like, 
kind of being negative about being a woman. I think there's loads of amazing things about being mm. a woman, but I think we need to empower ourselves to kind of take control of our hormones a little bit to yeah. really harness their power. Because yeah. like lots of beautiful things come from our hormones, like, you know, empathy and nurturing and creativity and things like that. Do they? Yeah, for sure. But if the only thing you're focusing on is like your, your heavy bleeds and like yeah. your awful PMS, you're missing all the good stuff. Yeah. So that's why I feel really passionately about like educating people about their hormones and yeah. you know helping people like balance them because like so much beauty can come out of it I think there's so much stigma in it as well like and I don't think my sister will mind me saying but like so I told you before we've recorded that she's just been diagnosed with polycystic ovaries and she has had the worst periods throughout her life and they're check they've been checking or trying to diagnose endometriosis or whatever and like that's just you have to do so much self-advocation for that yeah but she, I have had to push her and my mom has had to push her. Like it has literally been like pushing water up a hill because she's just like, mm, it's fine. It's fine. And it's like, yeah. oh my God, it's not fine. Yeah, like you're not, not fine. fine. You're exhausted. You're so sick. Like she's physically throws up from how bad her periods yeah. are. Like they're so debilitating, have been for years and years. But there's this just shame, I think, and like hopelessness that a lot of people feel. And it's only been in the last... I don't know, a few months that we, mum and I really put our foots down. It was like, you foot, feet. Um, <laughs> like, just go and deal with this or whatever. And she did go and find help. And she's obviously now got this diagnosis and she's on the marina coil and everything's better, but we're getting, getting better. But I, like, I just imagine for people listening, I, I just want to put my sister on blast basically and say like, <laughs> you're not on your own if you feel like there's, because I think it can feel really overwhelming and kind of embarrassing and a yeah. bit hopeless for yeah. people. And like, look, you know, nobody enjoys going to see a stranger and telling them about like their vagina and like yeah. they're bleeding and they're, yeah. they're sore boobs and how they like turn into a maniac for two weeks of a month or something like that right <laughs> it's embarrassing and like sometimes it's like look I just don't want to acknowledge it and maybe yeah. it'll just go away so I understand all those things I think the other problem is like you said you've got to advocate for yourself a lot yeah. and you know Sometimes you've got to go armed with your own research. I'm not saying it's right, but, yeah. you know, sometimes it's useful to do that and you go with your your own research. And, you know, I've looked into this and I've seen this and I found this article and and this is what I want tested. And, you know, I was, I was um, speaking to someone the other day and they're saying how they think they might have fibroids. So they went to see the GP. I'm like, but they they didn't do a scan or didn't refer you for a scan. It's like, no, but they said I don't have fibroids because my smear was normal. I'm like, yeah, that's not how you test for fibroids. So I'm like, you have wow. to go back and like ask for so something can specific. you really push and you'd recommend really pushing for... I think if there's something you're really worried about yeah. and like... I know the NHS is under a lot of pressure. I'm not denying that. But yeah. if there's something that's going on for you and, you know, it's quite major, that's why I think like it's hard to get an appointment, right? So go with all the information you need and yeah. sort of advocate for yourself and explain why you want something done. Um, and, you know, hopefully, you know, if you've got all the right information, I don't see any reason why you shouldn't be able to be treated. You know, I think it's really important for... Yeah for us as women to sort of push for these sort of things because it is important for us. Yeah, I think it's really, my husband's been doing some work for his work about the gender pain gap, which I'm sure like in your line of work, you must be very aware of, but I do think it's really interesting. And it actually it's been lovely watching him learn about it as a man who's got no reason to have ever experienced it. But 
I think for a lot of people, when they speak to maybe, and this is generalizing, but older male GPs, and if you go and you say you've got a you know pain in your womb or whatever, it's just so much more a part of, because women are in pain, because yeah. periods are painful, pain is just so much more accepted for women. So if you go in and say, I've got pain, it's like, well, of course you have pain, you've got PMS, that's just unlucky, like yeah. you're a gal. So yeah, like it's empowering to hear you as a doctor advising and recommending self-advocation yeah and I think that's where it's also useful to speak to your girlfriends mm. so if you're like you know oh oh I have pain around my period and you go yeah 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 me too me too so, but like I've like collapsed on the floor and vomiting yeah. like, oh yeah I'm not you know yeah. so like that no no that's too much maybe you should go see the doctor because yeah. sometimes yeah. we're not sure what normal is right yeah. so like until you actually speak to people about it you're not sure what is normal and what isn't yeah I, I know we have to wrap up and we're running out of time, but looking at these at this question box, I feel like it would be remiss not to ask you about PCOS, given the amount of people who are asking for any kind of tips uh, or help with how to manage PCOS in, in any way. I think it, it from the looks of it, people are quite desperate for some help. Um, are you able to give us that in a, in a, in a quick answer? I'll try my best. So... <laughs> Polycystic ovary ovarian syndrome is, you know, uh, a syndrome. It's just that it can come and go. So the first thing to know is that if you have it at the moment, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have it forever. I didn't so that's, know that. Yeah, that's good news, wow, right? That's yeah. a positive thing. Um, people always worry about it. I think, in t first of all, in terms of the symptoms, because it can cause things like acne, weight gain, hair growth and things like that. Some people with polycystic ovarian syndrome have an insulin resistance, which means insulin, the hormone you make to regulate your sugars, just doesn't work as well. This is what my sister has. Ah, yeah. Okay. So it can cause things like weight gain, acne. Um, it can affect the hair growth and things like that as well. So one of the things you can do is try and get your sugars a bit under control. And of course it can be with diet and things as well, but you know, there's a medication called metformin and uh, your GP can often prescribe that for polycystic ovarian syndrome. And that could help regulate the way you process sugar. So it might help some of the symptoms as well. Right. So that's one option. There's a supplement called berberine that works in a really similar way. So if maybe you don't want to take a medication or you're not sure on it, maybe you could try some berberine first and see if that helps as well, because it's it very closely mimics the way metformin works. Um, fertility is something people worry about. And it's just like, just because you've got polycystic ovaries, it doesn't mean you're going to have a problem with fertility necessarily. So I think that's like really positive for people to know. So yeah, there's another supplement that can really help called inositol. Okay. And that can really help as well to regulate the cysts and also the way you feel around it. Um, some people have periods, some people don't have periods. Obviously it's harder to track what's going on if you're not having a cycle, um, but that can definitely help as well. And really easy to say, but like cortisol, the big old stress hormone, that's going to have a really negative impact on what's going on. Yeah. So as much as possible, I'd look at ways to minimize stress, whether that's like lifestyle changes, bringing in a bit of yoga and meditation. Um, I think all those things can be really helpful. And then in terms of things like diet, we have mentioned a few times like sugar, 
be quite triggering, things like excessive alcohol and things like that. But let's just start with the basics and be like, are you getting enough nutrition? So are you getting enough fruit and vegetables every day in terms of your nutrients? Are you getting enough protein? Because that's really important. And let's not shy away from healthy fats because healthy fats is really important for good hormone production. So things like avocados, olive oil, things like that. So bring those things into your diet if you're not already because it might have a benefit. Okay, brilliant. Thank you so much. I have like a thousand and one more <laughs> questions, but we are going to have to let you go. But can you tell us where people can find you both online and in real life as well, please? Uh, so in real life, uh, <laughs> I'm based at a clinic called Omnia Clinic in London, in Knightsbridge. I see people in person and I also see people on Zoom and, and virtually. Um, I'm active on Instagram, <laughs> Dr. Sahar underscore hormones and health. Um, and yeah, people can go to my website and, and email me as well so yeah like I said uh, happy to help I've got a book called The Tiredness Cure which looks at sort of medical issues around tiredness but also lifestyle changes um, and I've got a podcast actually I didn't mention that yeah. <laughs> it's called It's Your Hormones so yeah maybe some people find that helpful because I generally talk to patients or people with hormone okay. issues and yeah. we go through um, different things we've done to try and help them amazing I'm gonna listen to it I can't wait <laughs> I love this stuff thank you so much for coming on and for talking to us it's been brilliant and um, I think we'll have to get you back if you if you wouldn't mind at some point <laughs> yeah I'd love to thanks for having me thank you should I delete that is part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 